Hearts and O's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Powered by our friends at uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. As always, we uh, want to thank them for being the presenting sponsors of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. I've been doing it for quite some time. I'd have to ask Tim for sure how long they've been doing it. But, man, I miss my friend uh, my friend Timmy Mullen. You guys will hear from him later on in the show, along with Chris Williams and Brent Bloom. They'll make their picks for the week. Uh, we're going to lead things off here tonight with uh, Travis Hines from the Des Moines Register and the Ames Tribune. Talk a little bit about Iowa State basketball. Obviously, the Cyclones last night uh, fell 71-68 to South Dakota State. Later on in the show, we'll talk to Brad Howe of uh, West Virginia Metro News and talk some West Virginia football. But first, we're going to go to the phone. And, uh, Heinz, what's going on tonight, man? Not much. How are you guys? Doing pretty well, dude. Um, uh, last night was obviously a tough one for the Cyclones and it dug themselves the hole in the first half, able to kind of get out of it a little bit in the, in the second, but not all the way out, I guess. And, and they got it close, but I mean, I think that the thing that's been, you know, that's got to be frustrating a little bit, I think to Iowa State fans is where there's no, I guess there's nothing that when you think back to where I would say when they were having success in the prom years and, and even at the end of Fred, like it, when a game started, you knew exactly what you were going to get from this team every time. I, I don't think that this team right now, you, you have that idea from them. And, and obviously it's only two games in, but I think that's one thing that this group's going to struggle with here as the season moves forward. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, I, I was thinking a lot about it today and I think the loss yesterday in and of itself, it's not that big a deal. It's the second game of the season. It's obviously going to be a bizarre season after a bizarre offseason because of the pandemic. South Dakota State's pretty good. They've had a lot of continuity within that program over the last you know four, five, six years, and even beyond that when Scott Nagy was there. But I think what the problem is is that that game doesn't exist in the back in a vacuum. It exists in the context of going twelve and twenty last year. It exists in the context of finishing last in the Big Ten or in the Big Twelve three years ago, and it exists in the context of that, you know, strange collapse ahead of the Big 12 tournament uh, a couple of years ago. And I think that's where it becomes troublesome is that the, the trajectory here, it does not look great. That's not to say it can't change, but I think that's the, the frustration that I've sent from people, I think is less about last night and more connected to the last, you know, three or four years uh, for Iowa State basketball, just not quite certainly not moving forward and stagnating a little and you know maybe even uh, you know a peg down in a couple of those years yeah i would absolutely agree and i think the thing you know when you look at those now this last year's team this team um and then that team that would have been Linda Wigginton's freshman season when you know when Cam Lard was a redshirt freshman i mean Steve Brown has talked a lot about identity and and things like that and like finding what this you know what i guess kind of what the program wants to be in a sense on the floor and it seemed like maybe they had kind of found that mold during the 2018-19 season where you know, you're going to have guys who are long that play multiple positions that they can do things off the bounce. They can shoot the ball. And, um, obviously with all the guys that they lost last year, it was going to be tough to do that. But it seemed like this year, maybe they were going to start to try and get back to that, uh, with the personnel that they have for the most part with, you know, like Jalen Coleman lands and Javen Johnson and, uh, and some of those guys. But, you know, then when you hear Steve Prome talk about, you know, we want to throw it into the block and we want to play through the post and we want to play through Solomon Young and, and things like that. Like that's where that if I would as a fan, that would be concerning to me where it seemed like the program was headed in a direction. They kind of had a mold that they wanted to play by, but it's like year by year, it kind of changes. D- does that make sense? I mean, that that's where I, I I mean, what do you think of that? Like, how how do you interpret that, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I think if you think back, some of the issues that they're having, you know, I think you can trace back to a number of years ago, um, you know, with some of the transfers that they missed out on, some of the transfers that they took. But I think, you know, in terms of what you're talking about, of where, okay, it felt like that there was a direction and identity of going uh, to this small ball, one through four rangy guys uh, that can switch everything. You know, it looked like maybe they were trying to do that with last year's recruiting class, and then you lose two guys who kind of fit that mold a little bit, at least in theory, in Marcetus Leach and Luke Anderson, who transfer out before the season even starts. So you're back to square one, and instead of building, you're plugging holes. And I think that's 
kind of what we've seen. You know, losing Blake Hinson, I think, really hurts because that would have given you another option uh, to play that way. And the stuff about playing through the post is really interesting. And if I were George Condon or Xavier Foster, I'm not sure I'd love to hear that, which right. maybe is counterintuitive. But neither of those guys are back to the basket, catch it on the block, and make a move. Those guys are face up, run to the rim, and small ball, and try to get alley-oops. So to me, it sounds like Solomon Young is going to be getting the lion's share of those minutes at center, which, you know, if he scores 24 points, that's great. But those there's a reason why basketball has moved away from playing those post-up centric offenses. It's, it's, it's hard. I mean, right. every, by definition, all those post-ups, they're a defended shot, close defended shot. So that's why you don't see them anymore. So we'll see. I mean, it might be Iowa State's best way with this team, but in terms of your assessment of what is the identity of the program, that that's where I think things get a little thorny. Yeah, and that's where, you know, with Solomon Young, and this was something that Steve Prohm, you know, kind of alluded to last night where he talked about how they had been really efficient playing this way. And, I mean, I I know that he is correct in a sense, but the when they were really efficient playing that way, they didn't have Solomon Young on the block. They had George Niang. Uh, and that's where I kind of, I, I, I just, I, I don't quite understand that because it obviously, I mean, Solo is a fine player. Like, I, I'm not by any means trying to say that Solo is a bad player, but I don't think that we should sit here and expect Solomon Young to all of a sudden be George Niang, you know? And it's something where, um, when you look at the personnel on the roster, like, just in my mind, that, that doesn't seem to, to really fit. And I don't know. Like, it, it could change, but, uh, it, it, that was just what was kind of confusing to me, I guess, as, you know, when you look at the, the way that that has, uh, happened so far this year. And the other thing is, if you're going to play that way, just because of the makeup of the team, you got to guard on the other end. I mean, if you're going to make that big of an emphasis, and right now this team is not guarding it at, at I would not even say an average level. Yeah, I mean, I think for all the time we spent talking about offense, it's definitely the other end of the floor that I think is more concerning. And maybe it's a little more fixable because you have some parts over there that are interchangeable, that can do switching. Uh, but that was a team that did not know what the scouting report was or how to execute it. And again, maybe that's to be expected with a guy, with so many new guys. Um, you know, defense is a communication uh, endeavor. And if you have a bunch of new guys, that that communication is going to not be as fluid or as intuitive as maybe you would like and that makes it harder but again you know the uh the growing pains feel worse i think for fans uh coming off last year where you're 12 and 20 and you had a lottery pick and we're still under 500 when he broke his wrist so i think that's more the issue than anything going on because you know i mean you look at this team if you're expecting an ncaa tournament you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. If you're looking for, you know, where does the program go for here? What do they look like in 21-22? I think that makes things a little more interesting and maybe uh, changes perspectives, but I think it's also fair if uh, people are not inclined to watch this team that way. But we'll see. I mean, long ways to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously there's, you know, it's only game two. There's still 20-plus games to be played, but it's just, it's where, you know, I wrote, and I think Chris wrote something similar. We did a, a piece on Cyclone Fanatic um, before the season started where it was just, it, there was kind of an open-ended sentence of it's Iowa State will have a successful season if, and it wasn't, you know, go to the NCAA tournament or anything like that. It's, I think even Brent Bloom just wrote, it's like, if they find a way that guys can get into some roles to where you feel confident going forward in what that group can be, you know, and, and you get to where, uh, you have guys that are in positions that, you know, as, you know, going into 21, 22, you feel like you have a good idea of what these guys are going to bring to the table and things like that. And like, and then you start to think about the NCAA tournament. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll see, but, uh, you know, obviously they're going to have two huge tests here coming up, uh, in the next week, uh, starting with DePaul on Sunday. Have you started to, to look at DePaul, uh, too much yet? Or, uh, are you still kind of, uh, turning the page from last night? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's hard to do too much of a deep dive there with them having that played mm-hmm. because of COVID issues. But I was kind of thumbing through the schedule, and you know, I, it kind of snuck up on me that Iowa is in eight days. And right. just you know, looking at what Iowa's done and what we know them to do, man, if Iowa State doesn't figure out its defense in a hurry, Iowa, Iowa might put one ten on them. So like, there's there's not a lot of time for them to figure this out, at least for that game. Um, in terms of DePaul on Sunday, I, again, I think if you 
I, I don't know what to think of it. I don't think DePaul's going to be particularly good. You know, talking with some people around that program today, I think they're anticipating being better than they have been under Dave Laidow, but that's not the, the bar is not very high there after a 3-15 and 15 season last year. It sounds like they're going to be more athletic, a little bit more skilled uh, than they have been uh, in previous years, but you know, Iowa State obviously can't take anything for granted coming off a loss to, to South Dakota State. All right, last thing, and then I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Um, obviously, Baylor with a, a huge win last night uh, over Illinois. Kentucky, or Kansas picked up a, a win over Kentucky earlier this week. I mean, what have you seen from the rest of the Big 12 uh, so far? I mean, I think the league is, you know, Cade Cunningham has looked like uh, one of the best players in the league, which is to be expected with how good he's been down for Oklahoma State. But uh, what have you seen from the rest of the league? What are your impressions so far? Have they lived up to the expectation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really damn good. I, yeah. mean, I think that's it's is going to be a really good year in the Big 12, which is what we've just come to expect, I think. You know, I haven't really looked at TCU as much. Like, that'll be the interesting one maybe for Iowa State because you know, even the team we saw for, from Iowa State last night, I think they're probably still much better than Kansas State, which says a lot about Kansas State mm-hmm. currently. But you look at the rest of the league, man, wins are going to be hard to come by. Presumably you're not going to have a lot of fans at Hilton Coliseum all year long. It sounds like, you know, 1,300 will be the max, so your your home court advantage is not going to be what it normally would be. So, you know, the, the league is good. Wins are going to be very hard to come by for everybody, and, you know, that's to be expected. It's been the best league in the country, you know, for the better part of a decade now, and that's, that's what makes – Everything's so tough, and that's what makes the league fun to watch. Absolutely. It's Travis Hines from the Des Moines Register and the Ames Tribune. Hines, I'll, uh, I'll see you up in the press box at the, at the football game on Saturday. All right, sounds good, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talking a little bit of Iowa State basketball, and we, we are actually going to take a call from, from someone, uh, from a listener, Bruce in Des Moines. Uh, he disagrees with what Travis and, and I had to say so far about Iowa State basketball. Bruce, how are you tonight? I'm fine. Um, I- Iowa State, Steve Prohm has his work cut out for him with this team. They, they, they don't consistently block out. They don't, when, <clears throat> when the five picks, he doesn't roll at all, or if he does, there's no good timing there. So, Solomon Young, no, I mean, has been there for a long time, but he looked like he was tired. When he, after a while, because he would pick, but he would he he hardly ever rolled, and if he did, it was late. And the they don't when they <clears throat> when there's a screen, the person guarding the moving player and the person that is guarding the screener, they don't have any. They don't have good quick communication on what they're doing, blocking out consistently is not there. The younger players look like they are playing AAU ball, and so then you get Richard Bolton and Young and Condit, who are more experienced, and they've had more coaching at the college level. Well, it doesn't matter. If you've got five players on the floor – and you've got even one player that doesn't understand how to play as a team, then the, the more experienced players, the, it, it damages them. And so Prome has real. I mean, this Prome has just got a lot of work to do. And if he turns this team into a real good basketball team, it, he really, really knows how to coach, coach fundamentals and excess knows it'll be a tribute to him. We'll see if he can do it. But right now they have so far to go before they can beat a good team. In my opinion, that I, I don't know if it can happen. I mean, I, I we actually agree on that, Bruce. Uh, I mean, basically everything you said, I, I think I would agree with, but uh, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you, especially on the rebounding thing. That was something that even after uh, after Sunday was incredibly concerning to me when you look at 
you know, Solomon Young went almost 50, 50 minutes into the season before he grabbed his first rebound. He's a starting center in the Big 12. Like, that's, that's problematic in my mind. And, uh, and, and some of that, I think, can be attributed to the fact that the two teams in the, you know, in the first halves of both of these, these first two games have shot like 60 something percent from the field, which again plays into what you said, where there's no communication. There's too much time, too many times where they get straight line drive to the hoop. They give up the baseline too often. And, you know, some of that is, uh, is just not enough communication. I think some of that, like Travis maybe mentioned, was, you know, not being familiar enough with each other. But I think some of that too is it, it comes down to, you know, you got to make a decision that I'm going to guard somebody. And, uh, I haven't seen that yet from this team. Hopefully that will change. It needs to change quick. Otherwise, uh, you know, maybe not this game on Sunday, but that game next week in Iowa City uh, is going to get awfully interesting and not in a good way. So I, I agree with everything that you that you said, Bruce. I mean, it's going to be an interesting winter well, for sure. Well, they didn't even they didn't they don't even play like they have a team offense. But let's look at this the, the COVID aspect of this season. Look what Proman his and his assistants are up with, up against with this young team. I mean, if you're going to try to um, try to resurrect these these younger players from what they've been, how they've been coached or non-coached before, they didn't have any time to do it, and they may not have any time the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they have only been playing five on five, I think, for about two weeks. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I and I agree with what you said about some guys looking tired. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think that probably plays into it as well, where they just aren't able to go up and down right now. Uh, if if they're able to to you know cobble something together and have a pretty solid season, I think that uh, yes, this would be a pretty major testament to Steve Prohm's coaching ability, and uh, it, they've definitely got a lot of work to do. And um, I'm sure that they're uh, they're focused on getting it done. Bruce, thanks for the call tonight, and uh, and have a good rest of your evening. All right. Okay. Okay. You too. Bye. All right, we're going to throw it off to Chris Williams and Tim Mullen and Brent Bloom. They're going to make their picks for the week when we come back here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by the Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We supply the sports. The beer is up to you. 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. 
This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones Everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here Thursday nights on Kicks. And I've been doing this for a really long time, uh, dating back all the way to, I think we our first show would have been 2010. The um, Man, this is uh, tw- 10 years. Where's the Cyclone, celebration? Of Cyclone Fanatic Radio on Kicks. You know. I'll be through, where's the party? Yeah. Well, you can't. Nobody can be together. Yeah, that's probably true. You can't have parties. It's 2020. It's always a party when Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive joins us here on KXNO. And he's so busy right now because Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive is just so hopping. Tim couldn't even be here in person, so we had to join him over the phone this week. But that's okay. Tim, how's business? Hey, it's going good, guys. Uh, you know, 10 years you've been doing it. I think I've been with you for half now. Yeah, I think you have. I was, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. How's uh, yeah. How's the holiday shopping been? You guys buzzing? It, it's been good, guys. Uh, you know, we took the opportunity this year to create a little bit of a different standard with doing our 50 days of door crashers. And, you know, our, our Black Friday ad, uh, you know, it was good. But we wanted to create an environment where you could come get some really cool hot items but still not overwhelm the store. Mm-hmm. still leave it nice and safe for the sales associates and not have, uh, you know, it, we didn't want to have to tell anybody, Hey, there's too many people get out of here. 
So we really did a great job of spacing it out over November. And hey, we still got plenty of time. We're still well into November here or December. Uh, this goes until the 20th. Uh, so continue to look at the 50 days. And then we still got some great programs going on right now. Like, uh, you know, guys, it's the time of year. You got to get your TV going, right? Got to oh, get it. I mean, we got, there's so many sports going. on right there's now, like much. in the middle of the day. And, like yeah. it's wild. I know. I mean, there's NFL at two thirty in the afternoon. What else, what else do you need? But right now we're doing our ultra big screen, uh, extravaganza through the eight, uh, where there's up to 40% off big screens, uh, $50 off basic installation with a 65 inch or larger, uh, free delivery and basic setup on TVs 51. Uh, and then there's a reward card. So a lot of great opportunities with basic install and things of that nature. Uh, come on in and see us. And then we also, if you need that flooring done right now, uh, we have an all-inclusive carpet installation plus a uh, free high-flight carpet pad on in-stock products. So if we got it here in stock, plus that'll help you get it done before the holiday if you want it. Uh, but there's you know standard installation on stairs, uh, measurement, furniture move, take-up, hallway, all that good stuff. So it's really a great time to come in and see us. And uh, we got Santa, too. I want to make sure we all understand this. Uh, we have the Santa extravaganza because everything's extravaganza. Yes. Uh, this uh, Saturday and Sunday... Uh, for safe social distancing photo shoot with Santa. Uh, but we'll have music going on, goodie bags for the kids. And here's the deal, guys. Get this. We'll have real reindeer here in my parking what? lot. No way. Real reindeer. Yes. When is this yeah. again? Yeah. My event coordinator, Megan and Chris, they came to me and said, hey, what do you think about us putting real reindeer in the parking lot? And I went, well, we haven't done that before. Let's fire away. So we have real reindeer. Uh, we have a hot cocoa. We have a, a truck coming a food truck with hot cocoa individually served. So a lot of great things. It's from 11 to three uh, on Saturday and it's from 11 to two on Sunday. Oh my God. So bring the kids out, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you through and, uh, you know, get yourself a new TV while you're out here for the old man cave or uh, whatever you need. What is the reindeer's name? I no, haven't met Rudolph. them yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I, just, I mean, okay. So I just have wanted, a red nose. I just wanted to put a name of the face. I want to go see to Brent's point. I got to go see if it has a red nose yeah. or not. Okay. All right, Tim. I don't um, know. You've got a tasty group of games for us this week. I'm excited, guys. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, we had one drop in. Yeah, actually, and this is maybe my favorite game yeah. of the weekend. Dynamite drop in. To be, to be honest with you. like I. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this game. I saw this happen, and I was like, uh, you know, all these people have COVID issues coming up, and they're wanting to play like, you know, South Carolina, South Central State, Western University, and Coastal Carolina, oh, gentlemen, comes. ranked 18th. Yeah. yeah. This, game should uh, be, this game should be sponsored by, like, Pfizer or Moderna because it's the COVID special. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, uh, the undefeated the Coastal Carolina. And what, what what is their mascot again, Brent? The Chanticleers. The Chanticleers, yeah, yeah. So BYU says, hey, we'll come play. Number 13, BYU, also undefeated, going to Coastal Carolina. Number 18, also undefeated. BYU by 10 points uh, favored here on the road against the Chanticleers. Uh, C-Dub, what do you got here, buddy? I, I'm going to take the 10 points. I, I think BYU's better. Like, I, I think that they'll win. And I actually I really love this BYU team. I, I've been a big fan of theirs all year and talked about it. But 10 points, I'm a big fan of coastal too and they get they get them at home and like i i just i will i will take the points i I, i'm on record i believe byu wins but i'm i'm Mm -hmm. I'm gonna play the 10 points with the home team and uh one of the i mean coastal's killing everybody they play like it's not like they're limping past these schedules so i'm gonna i'm gonna ride with the chanticleers you know, if you're an Iowa State, okay. if you're an Iowa State fan, you want Coastal Carolina to help Iowa State strength of schedule for yeah. the playoff run here. There you go. Um, that said, I think BYU is significantly better, and Coastal hasn't seen anything like BYU's offense. So I'll take the Cougars. Man, I, yeah, uh, I'm with Bloom here. Do you guys remember when Boise State got big, and you felt like they should just go sit in a stadium and say, "Why are you all scared to play us?" I think this is BYU's chance to have that game. And again, I know it's Coastal Carolina. It's not a real blue bud, but they're Sun Belt team. But well, hold on, it, it's not just. I mean, they're undefeated. I, but I mean, I think they're going to pound them. I, I think yeah. they are going to pound them into oblivion. And BYU is going to go. Look, we took this game when all you guys are trying to play chumps. 
we deserve a shot. Maybe it's college football playoffs, in my opinion. So I, I got I got BYU here. I hope you're right because I, I want BYU to make some noise and just mess yeah. with, like make things interesting. I hope you guys are right. I I've watched Coastal a lot. I think they're pretty good. So I'll take the ten. Yeah. Uh, good well, the next game has some uh, injury here coming up. Yeah, tell us about uh, this Indiana. started out at 10. Yeah, uh, Penix is hurt, out for the season. I, I didn't even see him or hear about him getting hurt in the game. Uh, and I pulled the spread originally at 10 and then heard two days ago uh, that he was not going to be playing the rest of the season. So we have number 12, Indiana, on the road at number 16, Wisconsin. I'll actually go first. When it was at 10, I loved Indiana getting 10 points all day long against Wisconsin, uh, not knowing what they're going to do in a backup position. That's why it went up four and a half points at home. I'll take the Badgers uh, covering by more than t- two touchdowns here at home. I'm going to, I'm going to ride this one with you. I, without that, co- yeah. Indiana, I was going through one of my gambling um, notebooks this week with just the power ratings and all that good stuff. And Bloom, they're one of the few teams like in the history this late in the season. Now, again, Weird season, I I know. So take yes. it with a grain of salt, but to have a negative yardage differential, wow, um, that's a problem. T- to be ranked that high, which tells me that they're overrated according to their rankings, and that was with their quarterback without him. I, and plus, I think Wisconsin's in their minds they have something to prove. I think they pound them. Yeah, I agree. Badgers by twenty eight. I think we're all going the same direction here. There's a reason the number is the way it is. Yep, that's that's just my yeah. My feeling on it. All right, third game. Let's get to the uh, varsity league. Let's go to the Big 12. <laughs> we have number 15, uh, Oklahoma State. Just a mere two-point favorite on the road at TCU. Uh, Bloom, last time I dropped the first Big 12 game on you, you went canceled because I hadn't heard about it. Is this being played, and who do you have? It is being played, Timmy. It's being played. All right, uh, all right. In fact, uh, it, it is being played at 11 a.m. So I'm going to throw a scenario at you here, okay. team. So. Okay. This is an 11 a.m. game. Iowa State is going to know before it kicks off that Iowa State is in the Big 12 championship game because TCU beats Oklahoma State. I'm not, not, come on, you can't steal oh. my upset plays like that. That's not really an upset. Oh. TCU, TCU, I think, is just better right now. I'm with you. I think TCU wins the game outright. So I'll, I'll take the I'll take the two points. I they look. I know it was Kansas, but they were full of piss and vinegar. And Oklahoma State is beaten down, and they are getting worse by the week. I'll take the Horn Frogs, Timmy. And a contrarian move, give me the mullet, gentlemen. Yes. Uh, I I look at this, and I think there's, there's ever an opportunity to play for a win. Oklahoma State has to win this game. They do. And I think the other ones, they felt like, we, you know, not that they didn't want to win them all, but in must-win situations, I think Oklahoma State has better talent than TCU, even if TCU is on a little better roll. It's only a two-point game. I'll take uh, Oklahoma here, uh, being a two-point favorite at TCU. All right. Um, what's next? Let's go. Let's go to the Hawkeyes. Sure. Uh, what we have here, gentlemen, is the now number nineteen Iowa Hawkeyes as a twelve and a half point favorite uh, against Illinois, who you know recently got pounded and pounded, uh, you know, Nebraska at home. So it's kind of an interesting game to look at. Lovey Smith still hanging on there. Uh, 12 and a half points. What do you got here, Chris? Uh, I'll play Iowa. I'll play Iowa, I guess. This is a little scary to me. I mean, Iowa's looking a lot better, but they really haven't beaten anybody. And you're going on the road in this one, and I think the assumption here. And the expectation that it is that Iowa wins this thing going away. This seems like a trap game to me for the Hawkeyes coming mm-hmm. off of the Nebraska game where, you know, Ference and Frost did their deal afterwards. And I, this game scares me, but I, I just, I still don't think Illinois is very good. So I'll, I'll play Iowa, but I don't like this one at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet this in real life. Bloom? Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, <laughs> Illinois, I agree, is just not great. They have won two in a row, which is nice for them. But it just seems like whenever they play Iowa, Iowa's just superior everywhere. Especially they, up front. And they run them off the field. Yeah. And this is that's this where I'm seems at. to be a similar category. And you cannot discount the elite clapping ability by Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> I mean, this... that, was, that was probably my favorite part of the weekend. What a joke. Uh, Tim, okay. really, really so you're on Iowa? Iowa? 
You're on Iowa, Bloom? Yeah, uh, I'm on Iowa. I'll take no, Iowa. Yeah, he's on Bloom. The best part about Ferentz getting mad is he never gets mad at anything. Like, everything he brushes off. And that obviously really bothered him. Pissed him off, man. Yeah. It, it did. Uh, guys, here's the deal. Um, and maybe it's too much recency bias, but Illinois goes in and pounds Nebraska. Iowa barely beats Nebraska in the Ferentz era. I don't love them being a, a two touchdown. I mean, I know this is a couple field goals maybe, but, uh, you know, under 10, maybe over 10, it scares me. They just don't go on the road and annihilate people. So That's true. if I get 12 and a half points on the road, I'll take Illinois in the 12 and a half points. Yeah, I, I like your thinking there. I, again, I'm probably 51-49 on that one. All right, uh, yeah. the big one, yeah. and uh, a lot of people think that this game's meaningless because of Iowa State's current positioning, but it's certainly not when it comes to bowl games. Correct. Um, I do believe that if Iowa State wins this, they maybe the farthest they'll drop is the Fiesta Bowl. We'll see. But, um, Tim, what do we have for the line for, that you're giving us for uh, West Virginia-Iowa State? Yeah. Yeah, when polled, we have number nine Iowa State, a seven-point favorite at home versus West Virginia. And I'll just get out of the way, guys, and let you really wax poetic if you want to. But I think Iowa State kills West Virginia in this game. I think they're poised. They have confidence. They see the future in front of them. I don't know if seven's enough. I'll take Iowa State all day. I'm I'm with you, Tim. I I don't think that I know why the line is as low as it is because it's a bad gambling. It's a gambling spot. I mean, Iowa State's coming off. It's a letdown situation coming off of uh, a highly emotional game. West Virginia has two weeks off. It's senior day. Uh, There's a lot going against Iowa State from that standpoint, but I just think that they're um, I know this program so well, well, and they just they're they're rock solid in terms of mental right now, and I, I think that they're fired up. And West Virginia hasn't been blown out all year. They yeah. have not played Oklahoma, which is one reason for that. But they have been competitive against everybody because they stopped the run. I mean, the Iowa State and and uh, West Virginia played the same game with Texas. It was almost identical. It is just that Iowa State made the plays in the fourth quarter, and West Virginia did not. I think these two teams are very yeah. similar. However. Being at home, being senior day, being fans in the stands, being this could really put Iowa State in a spot. And we have seen this team all year rise to the occasion. I think I do think Iowa State wins and, and wins by double digits. Tim, uh, hey, Bloom, just a, a quick question about you guys, real quick though. When you're talking about the Oklahoma State game, that plays first. I mean, maybe the line's at seven because they fear either. Uh, a letdown of knowing they either don't need to win or they do need to win and too much pressure. Maybe yeah, that's a possibility. That, uh, for sure. And West Virginia's hungry. I mean, they, West Virginia's where, where Iowa State was a year and a half ago. I mean, they're on their way. I think they're going to be a, a, yeah. a formidable, formid, for, can't talk today, a very good program in the years. He's um, a good coach. Yeah, and he's a really good coach. So I, I think yeah. this game's going to be close. I just think Iowa State has more in the end and has enough to win by by 10 or more. But that's, that's sure. Tim, you're exactly right. That is why the line is at seven. And there's that pressure component as well. Yeah, it could be too much or not enough. So good games this weekend, though, guys. It's four thirty uh, Saturday uh, for BYU and Coastal. Uh, the the must watch game of the week, other than the Iowa games, uh, Iowa and Iowa no, State. So should be a fun weekend. What are they doing putting that on ESPNU? The Chanticleers need national coverage. I I agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Man. Yeah. And they're putting it right up against... Uh, I think Iowa and Iowa State are both on at that same time, too. What the heck? Yeah, they're both 230 games. They, yeah. What they should have done, seriously, what they should have done there was make that like a prime time, like Tuesday night game. Yeah, or, you know, or Friday yeah. night. Yeah, whatever. Like, Because that, that's fun. That would pull ratings. I feel like people would really watch that. But nobody's going to watch You know what, guys? That. I got an idea, though. What's I that? got an idea. Are you, Why don't you come out and see me at Nebraska Furniture Mart and get yourself... Two more TVs. Man, have good three point. set up. Catch both Iowa games and the Chanticleers and the BYU uh, train, and, and you can watch them all at once. So help me out. What does the install mean for that extravaganza for a TV? Like, what, what do you sure. get, what do you get sure. out of that? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna basically get a uh, basic installation is mounts on the wall, cords run to the TV. So it is pretty basic, but some people are nervous about running it through the wall on the same channel and things like that. We'll yep. take care of that for you. So fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a nice deal. Good guys go out and take care of it for you. A good group of guys do our install. But uh, at the end of the day, TVs are there are going to be some crazy deals going on in the next few weeks, even aside from our big screen extravaganza, just with our 50-day sale going on. And it's getting close to the holiday season for us to start blowing them out. So really take a look at that. And, again, if you need your carpet done, come out and see us. And don't forget Santa and Real Reindeer on the 12th and 13th from that's, uh, that's 11 great. to 3. 
on the 12th, 11 to two on the 13th. If they have a red nose, I'll get a picture and let you know, Chris, or you can just bring uh, <laughs> the little ones out and see them. Well, I'm, we're definitely, I, and plus I want to, I want a picture with the reindeer to be honest. Reindeer yeah. selfie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. This. All right, Timmy. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Hey guys, take care. Have a great weekend. Tim Mullen, Nebraska furniture Mart and Clive. And uh, with that, we'll go back to Jared Stansbury coming up more after this Cyclone Fanatic Radio. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. There's no place like home for the holidays. Unless that place is the brand new Surety Hotel in Des Moines. Win a holiday staycation right now at KXNO.com. A one-night getaway at Des Moines' hottest new hotel. So, invite the whole family over. Then, go get some peace and quiet for yourself. The holiday staycation from Surety Hotel and Des Moines Sports Station. KXNO. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NML. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other, but if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. 
It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams from CycloneFanatic.com. I'm here today on behalf of my friends at the Iowa Clinic. I want you to go to the iowaclinic.com. That's iowaclinic.com and get information on your annual flu vaccine. With the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing, we got to do what we can to protect our immune systems from diseases like the flu. Fortunately, there's a good way to do it. It's the flu vaccine. So here's your phone number, 515 515- 875-9000. Give them a call to schedule it. Or you can go on and schedule an appointment online at iowaclinic.com. The Iowa Clinic has offices in West Des Moines or where I go, in Ankeny. I'm Chris Williams reminding you, get that flu shot. It's more important this year than ever. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. It's Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. Thanks to Chris, Brent, and Tim for taking over that second segment. Make their picks for the week. Make sure everybody goes out to Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. See Santa, see the reindeer, and you'll see Chris Williams taking a selfie. Uh, Now to close out the show, we're going to go back to the phones. We're going to talk some Iowa State football. Obviously, the Cyclones have uh, West Virginia coming up on Saturday at Jack Trice Stadium, a 2.30 kick on ESPN. And we are going to talk now with Brad Howe, who's from West Virginia Metro News. Brad, how are you doing tonight? Hi, guys. Welcome. Uh, good to talk with you, Jared. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Um, it, you know, this is it has been an interesting team here, I think, uh, to, to everybody in, in the Big 12. Um, I, I think that they've exceeded my expectations maybe for what uh, what they would be this season and before we really get to, to what's going on on the field I mean it was reported today uh, that that there were some some positive tests for COVID-19 inside the program some guys who were are expected to miss the game on Saturday due to uh, contact tracing uh, it, the game is still going to be played as scheduled as of right now um, have you heard anything new on on what kind of impact that could have on the the Mountaineers on Saturday? Yeah, there are some reports floating out or out there. We talked to some folks around the program this afternoon. It seems as as of now, and again, you know how this world is, so we'll give it every kind of disclaimer there is. As we sit here tonight, Thursday evening, my understanding is the game is on. West Virginia should be in good shape, and we'll keep an eye on that as we move into tomorrow and Saturday. But it seems as of right now, there are not any issues that would prevent the game from being played. Yeah, the, there is still one more test that's uh, that that is required by the Big Twelve. That'll take place tomorrow before the Mountaineers get on their plane to uh, to Iowa. But uh, now shifting back to, to on the field, I mean, I think the thing that when you look at this West Virginia team that really sticks out the most, it, it has to be their defense. Uh, it, you know, a unit that has played as well as anybody. Uh, in the Big 12, uh, obviously led by a really strong defensive line with the Stills brothers up front. Um, what does that unit do, and what has maybe changed for them this year compared to even last year or the, uh, you know, in Neil Brown's first season uh, that has allowed that group to have so much success? Yeah, you're right, Jared, and that's, that's how this team wins football games. And as, as we dive in here to the conversation, I'll be honest with you, I, th- I think West Virginia and Iowa State are very similar in how they approach things and that they're going to want to run the football offensively with Letty Brown and try to have some success. But it's really the defense that they hang their hat on. And you mentioned it's the Stills brothers first and foremost up front that have allowed this defense to really thrive. And it's a, it's a defense that's different than what West Virginia was prior to Neil Brown when it was more of the three three five stack and you tried to just contain, not put pressure or attack. Well, this is different. The attacking comes from up front, and I know you're used to seeing that from Iowa State. When you can get pressure from those up front guys, that allows the coverage to really go to work 
on the back end. So the Stills brothers are certainly guys to keep an eye on, number 55 and number 56 when you watch the game. They're the keys up front. But then really one of the, one of the major additions to this West Virginia defense has been at the linebacker position where they have a grad transfer from Arizona in Tony Fields. And he's really helped out this group tremendously. He's a pro. He may be a first-team all-conference guy. Fast, can cover the whole field, attacks. So in combination, what's made West Virginia's defense so good is they're good at all three levels. They can get pressure from up front. The linebacking core is really solid. And then you get in the back end, which is a little bit of a surprise from the cornerback position because they were really inexperienced. The corners have played really really well. Add in Tyke Smith, one of the safeties who's having as good a year as anybody nationally at the safety position. So they've really got some guys that are playing at a high level at all three levels of the defense. Is that a unit that really benefited? Because I know when Iowa State and West Virginia played last season, they'd had a lot of injuries uh, on that defensive side of the ball. And I mean, I, I want to say they were playing maybe four or five freshmen, if I remember correctly. But it it was a group that had been kind of decimated by uh, by just a, a number of different things. Did they benefit a lot from that to where now guys you know, are a lot more comfortable in their roles uh, in, in year two under Neil Brown? Yeah, it's, it's a good point, Jared. And, and you're right, West Virginia – had injuries. The program was at a position where they needed to reload and refill some scholarship positions when Dana Holgerson left for the University of Houston. So, yeah, last year, and stop me if you've heard this, we can go through these stories all day long where teams, football, basketball, have to play young guys, and at times it looks really bad, and it looks really ugly, and you're really overmatched. And at times last year, West Virginia was. But there were also times where you looked up and you went, I'll tell you what, they might have something here with these young guys. So, yeah, press forward another year later, and you got a bunch of guys that got experience that have now grown up grown up, and played a lot of football. And, again, we mentioned those guys that I just called out having great years. Add in another grad transfer from New Hampshire, of all places, Alonzo Adai that's playing in the safety position at a really high level. And that's one of those guys that you don't count on before the year of being a big impact guy. You hope he can just provide depth and he's turned out to be a really great player for this defense. So they're just getting contributions from a bunch of guys all over the field. Yeah, let's flip it over to the other side of the, the football in this West Virginia offense. I mean, I think, you know, the, and you mentioned him before, the first thing that, again, that jumps out to you when you look at that unit is Letty Brown, you know, 897 yards, nine touchdowns so far this season on the ground. Um, I, you know, I know how good Chuba Hubbard is down at Oklahoma State, but I think that there's a case to be made that you know this is a matchup that features the two best running backs in the Big Twelve this season, uh, in Brees Hall and, and and Letty Brown. You know, what what is it that has allowed him to have the success this season? How would you describe his his running style as a tailback? Yeah, I, and I agree with you. By the way, we've been saying all week on our show. I think I think Brees Hall is clearly the best back in this league. Might be the best in the country. And I think Letty Brown's right up in that category, at least in the Big 12. He's had a really good year. But I think we, and, and I'll get to Letty Brown here in just a second, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this offensive line for West Virginia. Quite frankly, Jared, last year, this running game for WVU was absolutely non-existent. Second to last nationally in yards per carry at 2.9. And most of that came because of the difficulties on the offensive line. So that group has come a long, long way. Now, they're a, they're a long way from being one of the top lines in the Big 12, but they've had a really good year. But how about this? They've had to start a true freshman in the interior of the line all season, a guy by the name of Zach Frazier, who comes from just down the road from Morgantown in Fairmont, West Virginia. He's going to be a guy. You'll hear his name over the next four years because he's going to play a lot of football for West Virginia and will be an all-conference type of guy. But he's having to play as a true freshman, the first true freshman to start on the offensive line in 40 years here at WVU. So you mix him in at center or guard. You have a couple other returners in the interior part of the line, and then you have a redshirt freshman starting at left tackle. So you talk about a really young group that has far exceeded expectations. It's this WVU offensive line. Now, they're going to have their hands full against Iowa State. I think they realize that. But they've been a key to getting Letty Brown going. He's also a guy you will notice he's very good, much like Brees Hall, after contact. So Letty Brown, similar size, a big guy, can run through arm tackles, and he's just had a great year. He's getting upfield. He's not dancing around. When he sees a hole, he hits it, but it's been a lot of credit to this offensive line to why he's having such a good year. And then it's not just Letty Brown. I mean, where you look at what Jarrett Daigie has been able to do at the quarterback position, it seems like here – 
you know, in the last handful of games or so, he's really become uh, more efficient than maybe he was uh, earlier in the season. And he's uh, and what I think sticks out is that you know he does not have one marquee receiver necessarily. I mean, you've got four or five guys who have twenty plus catches. He really spreads the ball around. What what does Jared Deggy do well that uh, has allowed that passing offense to have some success? Uh, averaging uh, you know right around two hundred fifty yards per game or so. Yeah, he's just been really solid. And so his success comes when they're able to do something on the ground. I mean, this isn't a West Virginia team that's going to go out and run for 300 yards on anybody. But if they can get Letty Brown greased up and getting moving, then the passing game starts to click. And he's just been very efficient, hasn't turned the ball over, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. I mentioned the offensive line and the problems they've had in the past and how young they are. Neil Brown and West Virginia have schemed it up that if you start to look at some of the advanced numbers, you'll see Jared Deggy leads the Big 12 in passes under two and a half seconds. So they get the ball out of his hands quickly and try and get it to guys that can make plays. You mentioned the receivers, and that's actually been a little bit of a disappointment this year for West Virginia. They brought back almost everybody in that receiving crew, and quite frankly, there, there hasn't been a number one guy step forward. You hit the nail on the head with that. And I think Neil Brown's a little disappointed in that. I think he felt like there were a couple of guys that could step up to be the number ones, and they haven't necessarily. So it's been spreading it around and a little bit by committee. So I would expect that to happen again. There really isn't one individual receiver you can target. It's been a different guy seemingly every week for WVU. We're talking West Virginia football with Brad Howe from West Virginia Metro News. Uh, Just a couple more things for you, Brad, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I'm interested to know, you know, what the feeling is um, in the West Virginia fan base uh, about Neil Brown now. You know, nearing the end of, of year two of his tenure in in Morgantown. I mean, I think that he has been a fantastic addition to to uh, the Big Twelve and um, has this program, you know, on a trajectory to to get back to where they where where Dana had it there uh, at the at the end of his his time in uh, at West Virginia. And um, you know, maybe last season was just kind of a blip where you know this team is going to be right there near the top. And, and competing to, to make a run at the, the Big 12 championship game and, and be a tough out every week. Yeah, I, I think, Jared, that you hit it again. I, I think that's kind of what the fan base feels like with Neil Brown is that there's a long way to go. And, and quite frankly, given the way this year has played itself out, it actually benefits West Virginia from a, just a, a football perspective. Obviously, no one would choose to go through what we've had to as a country in terms of the coronavirus. But from a straight football standpoint, West Virginia was really down scholarship-wise. The depth was non-existent when Dana Holgerson left. We remember that game out in Ames in 2018 when Iowa State's defense absolutely locked up that high-flying West Virginia offense with Will Greer and those receivers. Well, there wasn't much behind that. That was really a a team that was built on high-level skill but not a lot of depth. So when Dana left, this program was down about 15 to 18 scholarships. So it was really a rebuild, probably more so than Neil Brown would have believed when he took the job. So this second year here where you're getting guys that get an extra year of football, I think is really going to benefit West Virginia down the road. I mean, real quick, Jared, we laugh all the time on our show about, you mentioned Jared Deggy there. He transfers in from Bowling Green, played four games last year to stay under the redshirt rule, right? So he was allowed to play four. He's going to play at least 10 this year, maybe 11 with a bowl game with none of those games counting against his eligibility. So think about that. There's a quarterback that's going to get 14 or so games under his belt. None of them count in eligibility. So from a rebuild, and that's what this program is in right now, it's having to rebuild. So Neil Brown's in year two of that process. You're starting to see some of the results, not close to being where they want to be. But I think over the next couple of years, I'm with you. He's a guy that really knows what he's doing. The process is good, and I think the future looks bright for West Virginia. Absolutely. Uh, just last thing that I've got for you, what's your feel for this game on Saturday? Um, you know, what, what do you kind of expect? I'm not necessarily you don't have to make a prediction or anything like that, but you know, what, what do you kind of expect the outcome to be? To, to, how do you expect the game to go, I guess would be the best way yeah, to, to put it. I, yeah, I, Jared, I, to be honest with you, I, I lean towards Iowa State in this, in this situation. It feels like the Cyclones have a ton of momentum. We would, you would hope from a West Virginia perspective that this would be a flat spot for Iowa State 
coming off the big win over Texas. But I think given the carrot that's out there for that program, and, and I don't, uh, we haven't talked about this, but I'm an Iowa native. I'm from oh, okay. West Des Moines, went to Valley High School, went to college in Iowa, grew up there. So I, so I know what this Cyclone program is about and what this would mean to get that program into the championship game and or win a big 12 regular season title. So I can't imagine there's a letdown from Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell's tremendous. I think he's got those guys going in a great direction. I think this is a really uphill battle for West Virginia. I think they're really similar teams. Approach it the same way, win with defense, run the ball. I think Brock Purdy's really, really good. He's going to be a handful for West Virginia. So I think it's similar teams, but the development of the program where they are right now, I would give the edge to Iowa State, and I think this is probably in their favor as we get to Saturday. He's Brad Howe from West Virginia Metro News. Brad, we appreciate you taking some time. We'll have to get you back on the show here uh, in a couple weeks before the the Mountaineers and the Cyclones uh, play on, on the basketball court. Anytime you need me, it was, it was a pleasure being on with you. Thanks for having me. Yep, thank you. Have a good rest of your night. Uh, we had Bob who called in that wanted to talk about uh, DePaul. It, we only have about, uh, what, a minute and a half, easy? Is that right? Yeah. Bob, can you, can you tell me a couple things about, the, about DePaul really quick uh, before we have to wrap things yeah. up? Yeah, the only thing I wanted to say is I feel like both coaches are in kind of a similar position where they uh, are under – real big pressure to uh, produce. Uh, they've both been given pretty long leashes and it's going to get really tight and uh, I don't know that much about the Jims and the Joes or the X's and the O's on these two teams yet but I feel like it's very ironic that there's actually a DePaul player sitting on our bench now <laughs> and uh, they, they definitely need to improve their shooting and their rebounding, like that one guy said earlier tonight. For sure. For sure. Thanks, Bob. That's some thoughts on DePaul. We'll be back next week here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.